Hey, what's going on, everyone? Uh, thank you for coming to the Live by Podcast. Uh, I'm George Powell. We're going to be uh, sitting down today with Andrew Wade, the multi-platinum producer for bands such as A Day to Remember, um, Tilla, Motionless and White, Chuck McCabinchuck. He's had a plethora of bands come through the studio, and we're going to talk a little bit about his techniques and how he's been working with his bands over the years. So keep, keep in tune. We're going to get right to that just about in a couple seconds. Yo, what's up, my dude? How's it going, hey, man? Hey, man. Thanks for uh, coming back on such short notice with uh, the unfortunate uh, little uh, technical difficulty that we had. I really appreciate the patience. Yeah, no problem. It worked out. No big deal. Always got stuff to do either way. So Yeah. Are you uh, are you working with any bands that um, you're currently looking forward to, like during this time of the, you know, uh, with between COVID-19, you guys, do you have bands coming in and stuff? Yeah, I have. Well, I don't know what. Well, I don't know what I can announce or not announce. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, you don't uh, have yes, to. Yes, there's a, there's a. I, I could probably say this. There's a local band, Makari, who's pretty cool. Um, I'm actually mixing their stuff right now. Uh, and there's some other stuff. Let's see, that I can't talk about. Um, and then there's actually some pop kind of stuff that's coming out. It's a smaller project, but that's going to be fun to to uh, to work on. And uh, I'm starting to manage Neil Westfall from A Day to Remember as a producer. Hey, congratulations! And, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and and he we did a trial project, and he did a great job. Um, and I'm going to be mixing that, uh, so that's going to be that's going to be pretty exciting. So hopefully, there will be a lot more of that once things are you know things go a little bit back to normal. Yeah. Do you still like kind of work on your solo project with Rosemary glass with your brother? Yes. Like, is that still a thing? Yeah. Well, no, my, well, my brother, uh, me and my brother wrote a song. We're actually in the middle of writing it right now, but Fuck yeah, dude. it was kind of fun. Cause we haven't, we haven't written music together since, I don't know, 2003. Mm -hmm. He started into doing video stuff. He did some crate, like he just ran like, randomly showed me he did some firestone tire commercial that mm -hmm. was like very very good i was like you did this really <laughs> um, but it's cool to see see that um see him do that and he's moved here now so we can actually work on some stuff but yes i'm working on my own stuff i'm gonna try to put out like a uh, an instrumental ep first mm -hmm. uh because i think i think that'll be it, you know songs are pretty cool and stuff but then i have a full a full length of songs where it's like you know vocals and singing and stuff um i think it's probably more exciting that way you know coming yeah. out with instrumental later is like eh, not as exciting i feel i feel you know until you have that like hype like i think like a couple bands such as periphery and dance gavin dance did it with some of their more prominent albums but was that the fork in the road with you and your brother like you just went to do producing and engineering and then he just kind of like did his own thing musically like around no, that time 
No, the fork in the road was for me college. I went to do graphic design. Mm-hmm. I quit. I quit music. Uh, I had recorded quite a number of bands already, and you know, I thought, you know, straight out of high school, and you're like, all right, I got a. I had a full scholarship, so I was like, I'll go. I don't know, do graphic design. I guess I didn't. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there for long, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just quitting this, and I'm doing music for the rest of my life, and that was it. It was like I cried that day when I made that choice. Fuck yeah! I was like, like I just, I knew it and I felt it, and I was like, that's what I'm going to do for my life. So, but that's the passion, like, though. You I'm, know the risk going into yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it had been going well already. Mm-hmm. You know, I had bands lined up. I was coming home every weekend to to record bands mm-hmm. between you know here and. Orlando and Ocala so I was like I'm just gonna do this forever let's go and how did that trigger like how did you make that decision you know when you went to college for uh for for um what was it graphic does graphic, graphic engineering design. graphic design yeah I thought I yeah. heard that correctly because I kind of um yeah, play with around with that a little bit it's weird so I I my whole life I everybody thought I was going to be an artist because I I Ex, not to toot my own horn, but excelled in art. Yeah. Had AP classes and uh, <clears throat> won like competitions and stuff all the time. But mm-hmm. then I started recording. Obviously, you can't do that as a child. As a child, you can draw. But back mm-hmm. in the uh, '90s, you know, you, as a kid, you can't just. There's no easy way. It's so easy for everybody now. You can just grab your your mom's iPhone and just record yourself. Uh, you know, play with, around with GarageBand, you know, but like, yeah, exactly. there wasn't anything like that. So I just figured I would do art. But then once I started recording, I was like, you know what? I, I actually feel passionately about this, but I didn't feel that way about art. So I was like, um, yeah, I'm going to just do this. And, That's and when, I was cool. in school, when I was in school for graphic design, um, that I, I, I was getting my own clients as a graphic designer hmm. to, to make money as well. And, and I was like, I'm not going to work for some schmuck doing graphic design. I'm going to start my own company. I was like, mm-hmm. I already started a company. I already started Wave Studio. <laughs> yeah, you started recording what? bands. Fuck. Yeah, I'm like, I'm starting, I'm basically starting over. And like, why? So I, I think it was to, you know, I was trying to like, please my parents, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough when you're, you're younger. You, you don't know. You don't have that confidence in life as to what you should do. No. But it's a logical you, decision you made. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things that if you continue to know what you want to focus on, like that's going to just make you happy. But you know that it's going to eventually um, strive to better things. Like obviously, you know, the multi-platinum records that you put out there and shit. So it's like one of those things that like you just knew right away. I'm going to do this. That's it. But like you also were kind of pleasing your parents at the same time, which is really humble of you. So, I mean, like, yeah, you know, now, now don't get me wrong. They were incredibly supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, by allowing me to record bands in the house. Like, we would clear the couch out on the weekends to put the drums in the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and it, yeah. was a, it was a definitely a pain in the ass for them. Definitely. Yeah, they know, um, too. Yeah, but... Uh, and then there's... A lot of the bands were heavier, you know? So there's people in my bedroom screaming. <laughs> and the walls are thin, you know? It wasn't a big house. Yeah. But hope. they still... They still let me do it. Yeah. Um, They've always been very supportive of 
of all that stuff so no that's great because like i played the loudest instrument in the world which is fucking drums so i know yeah. as soon as i got them on christmas when i was like 13 years old my parents my dad was probably like are you fucking kidding me out of all yeah. the instruments you can't be quiet with this shit so it know. you know it's nice but it's it's I've, I've had so many great experiences i cannot um i cannot say i didn't have a great career i mean i'm still in the music industry as well as an underground artist but i i thoroughly enjoyed it and i don't think i'm gonna stop anytime soon so when you yeah. were when you were playing those shows in the 90s because i started playing shows roughly around i want to come back to that around like the 2000s i'm not a big fan of the ticket sales like that's when i started playing local oh. shows when we started ticket sales did you guys have to do that when no, we, they were promotion we were Fuck, all man. that yeah i i hear about it now and it's it just blows my mind like, you have to do what you have to sell certain number of tickets or you can't play i'm like what you get bumped down oh, no. your time set like you play in the beginning you'll only get a certain percentage if you sell over a certain amount then you get that extra dollar you're not helping right. anybody at all. I mean, I, I think there's a better solution for it, but it's fucking ridiculous how they're going about it right now. But there's nothing I can do. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I, we, I, there's got to be a different way of going about it. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, what I you do get? like what House, what House of Blues does is they just give everybody a handful of tickets and all the bands are like, all right, give these out to all the people that you want to come for free. Mm. And then every ticket that when they scan it, because each band has their own separate barcode or whatever, mm. um, I think they get a dollar for like every ticket that comes through the door. Okay. That's so, pretty smart. so they don't have to sell anything. They just have to give away a bunch of tickets and try to get a bunch of people to come for free. And then they get paid. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that too. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these bands shouldn't have to worry about the money. I mean, well, I don't think they do, but it's one of those things that... If I have to make an obligation to sell, let's say, X amount of tickets, 50, to be a co-headliner, or it's in competition of whoever sells the most tickets, which then people just start buying their own tickets if they have money or full-time jobs. Uh, I'm not looking for the money aspect. I'm looking to play an opportunity for a show at a venue, um, but I like how the House of Blues is going about that. I just think that you know, the promoters yeah. need to get paid. They need to eat to um, right. the, um, or the, the live engineer. Um, it's just – it's – it's different now. And what I like seeing bands doing now, especially the bigger acts, um, bands who are already successful, they're starting to kind of look into not only their local scene, uh, if it's in their hometown, but if they take interest with a band that has a little bit of underground uh, momentum, they're going to put them on a tour for right. like a week or so. Like something... You know that will give them a little bit of a boost to get them out there. Like I think there's a hardcore band called a uh, post-hardcore band called Limbs. Um, they recorded with Bo from uh, Seosin, and I think they toured with Dance Gavin Dance. Not like for too long. Maybe they did. I don't quote me on this, but um, that that helps. That that fuels the community. So hopefully Definitely. we see more of that. Have you been seeing that? Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Hopefully. Have you been seeing what? some of the bands kind of bringing up um, underground? acts to promote them in a way yeah yeah uh definitely and anytime we get there's always like a the bigger uh you know like i saw paramore recently and i discovered this other band called floor that was opening for for paramore but hmm. uh they're they're actually doing pretty well now but <laughs> but uh it, it's cool to, it's cool to see that you know mm-hmm yeah, I don't want the people actually like um, struggling out there. In the end. I mean, we all struggle, trust me. But it's just nice to like kind of find another solution. Um, so I had uh, we talked about earlier uh, before um, 
we had some interference with technology. Um, we were shopping for a while, my band Poeta. We were shopping for a while. We were looking for producers in the budget. Um, and I recently talked with Mikey Sawyer, who congratulations on releasing a self-titled album. Dude, it sounds fantastic. Like, there's Thank you. a lot of different. Um, there's a lot of different like feels between each song. Like, it's not really the same song for each uh, track. Like, it doesn't like each song doesn't have like a metalcore feel with the same. Um, what do you want to call it? Um, the same structure. Uh, there's definitely different vibes between each song. Um, yeah. How, um, how when you when you are deciding to pick up artists in general, um, especially underground bands that are definitely sending you emails because I know you have to get a good amount every every uh, every so often. Um, how do you pick and choose which bands you kind of want to do if they're not already um, having that experience in the industry? Well, if a band is smaller, I, I listen to everything that comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I give it a chance because I've obviously had smaller bands that ended up surprising me. But uh, it has a lot to do usually with the singer. Mm-hmm. If, okay. if the singer is great, but say the music isn't so great, I I am stoked to work on that. Because like you can pretty much fudge everything else, but a bad singer... Like, no amount of autotune can make a bad singer sound like a great singer. Yeah, absolutely. No. You know, yeah. it makes them sound like they're hitting the pitches, but it's like pronunciation will be weird. And I'm usually not on the same page with somebody who's not very talented. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a struggle. And uh, I just don't, I'm just not a fan of, of, of doing any of that anymore. Like, I just want to work with people who are, you know, who have talent. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, Misfortune, they came in, or whenever they approached me, I definitely, I'd heard of them already, mm-hmm. and I checked them out again, and I was like, you know, these guys are pretty cool. Um, and I was especially stoked when they showed me the songs, because uh, they were already sick. They actually hired me to do one, a mix of one song, mm. and then then I was like, I don't know, they asked my opinion about stuff, and I'm like, well, alright, if you want my real opinion... Here it is. You need to change this and this and this. Anyway, the song ended up way different than what what I what they sent me to mix because I think they tracked it themselves or mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like scratch tracks and such. But he has a fantastic voice. I mean, it's one of a kind. Um, I don't know if he knows that. You know what I mean? He's pretty humble with it. So it's like I'm sure that was an easy decision to make with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's the main thing. And and like also, I think I think that's a huge thing. But I do like bands who are trying to do something different, you know, just be a little bit unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, just, you know, not trying to sound exactly like every single other band that's out there. Mm-hmm. And that, that usually piques my interest. Yeah, especially when they have interests in, or they have influences, like, I don't know, let's say, um, like, my, I'm influenced in Sayosin. So I'm going to start a band, everybody is influenced in Sayosin, and everybody influences, like, you know, this band, that band, but, like, you sound just like them. Like, just kind of, like, take, you know, inspiration from that and kind of mold your own sound. Like, don't try to replicate it. But I see a lot of bands do that. It's just yeah, um, hard. It works, sometimes, it works sometimes, but, I mean, a lot, I mean, only a few bands out of all the bands that are bands, mm-hmm. there's only so many that do that do well, and that has a lot more to do than with just the music. Mm-hmm. A lot of bands will make the wrong move. Like, dude, the worst thing to me is working with a band who I think is talented, 
We spent a lot of time, we put a lot of effort into all the songs. Uh, and I'm stoked on it. And then they put out a music video and it looks really bad. <sighs> yeah. It, looks, just, it just looks goofy or their artwork or like every other aspect of the band is just not equal to the audio that we did. It's so stupid. It's a waste because people are investing. Your band is a brand. People right. are investing in the brand. If the brand's not cool when you look at it, you're you're gonna you're probably just gonna feel a certain way. You might skip over it just because you're like, eh. You know, people are influenced by visuals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll have to show you this overlay when I'm done with it. Um, but that is going to be more appealing for a first point of view than if it was like if someone just whipped something up in Adobe Illustrator and it was like, you know what, this is okay. Like that's okay. Like no, like your quality. You need your content to be quality. You know, throughout the whole release. Of everything that you're doing. Yeah, and on a similar note, did you know that sound influences taste? Sound influences taste. Uh, I mean, I've heard of it, like as a rumor kind like, of thing. Yeah, no, I, I watched a video of somebody, like they would play different songs while they were giving this, like these different people the same dish every time, and they would ask to point out the differences. Hmm. And depending on what they played, it would influence the way they perceive the taste. So I think the same thing goes with with artwork and you know the visual and the audio. There's mm -hmm. been so many times where, and I know that for a fact, because there's been so many times where uh, I'll I'll watch a song that has a really awesome video, and I'll like the song more all of a sudden. Hmm. And I mean, obviously, it's it's kind of it's unexplainable, but it is also explainable. Right. It's but appealing. Yeah, if I watch a, vi a video for a song that I really like and the video is bad, I'm just like, ah, I'm just never going to watch that video. I'm just going to pretend like I never saw that video. Mm -hmm. And that has definitely happened as well. Yeah, and that's like, like just like when you, yeah, when you see bands live too, that that same thing happens. I've 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 had people say, yo, I'm I'm never listening to this band again. They were so bad live. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for you know people to focus on that. Now that with uh, listeners being basically ADHD at this point with streaming services, like you have to engage them on those first, not even 15 seconds, 10 seconds. And if you can't get that attention right away, it's already gone. Intros, yeah. if you're playing the chorus right away. I think uh, we have an intro in one of our songs, but we played a chorus three times. We never ever thought we were going to do that. But, I mean, if it's catchy, we just keep putting it out there. But that, that's, what, that's what people – there's so much content out there. You have to – really engage and capture their, their visual or their audio or else you're kind of shit out of luck. Basically. I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. The beginning of the song is important. We made, we tried to make sure the beginning of a lot of those or most of the misfortune songs on that album just start in a interesting way where you're like, what, what is this? I got to keep listening to this, you mm -hmm. know, especially because all the songs are so different. So with that album too, with no hesitation, like I put this all the album on repeat for a little bit. So that intro like without even, I think it was subliminal with the way I felt this. But like when I heard that intro, like that rev up of like a horn of that sound, like it felt like I was going up a roller coaster in a sense. And it just like you fucking went down when it right when it right into the to the song in general. Like see, like that that kind of stuff draws attention. But was that intentional yeah. that you guys did? I'm sure it was. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And we put the well, it was my idea later after they left to put the there's like carnival sounds at the end of that first track. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I was like. Yo, this is perfect. It's fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's so good. 
Um, and he was pretty excited. We talked about it for a little bit too, the experience. I said, do you have any, um, I asked him if he had any, uh, personal, um, rituals or like, did you guys have any rituals through the studio time? Um, cause Adam D from Killswitch, he always has the prices right in the background and that shit's fucking awesome. So I don't know if oh. you guys had that or whatever. I don't know. Did he have an answer for that? He did. He said he talked about his warmups and then he talked about, um, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Joby making his first appearance on the podcast. He's probably gonna get more he's attention like, than both of us to put he's together. Like, put, put me down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, what No, nah, what was I saying? Uh, so yeah, so he rituals. um the yeah, the the what? The rituals? Yeah, Warmer, so yeah. he um he was talking about his vocals mostly. Uh, and then I, I brought up Joby. He's like, Yeah, he'd come in every once in a while and kinda like like calm us down like through the you know the hard work we're doing and shit so i don't know if you do like do you have rituals like i know some people do but i don't you know um i don't think so i mean the most i'll ever do like that is just i don't know turn the lights off while we're doing vocals or something yeah but set the mood yeah just set the mood but i mean there's not no no, sorry, disappoint. <laughs> but I don't think I have anything like. that. I don't have any rituals either. I just think when I actually saw Adam D on The Price Is Right, that blew my mind because I the the reason why I knew that is oh, because I right. saw a that's Prada that's interview. Right. I saw a Devil Wears Prada like documentary where they were going through Dead Throne. So that dude, I was fucking die. That dude, if I ever get a chance to talk to that dude, I'll fucking I'll, I'll I'll I could I probably wouldn't be able to stop laughing. He's just so fucking funny. Um. Um, yeah, so it's just one of those things. Do you, um, do you have any, uh, ideas of maybe you would, as a producer, you've been working with rock and metal so long, like, I was always curious if you ever would, like, lean towards, um, different genres and as such, or, um, yeah. yeah. I have, it's, people just don't really know about it. Um, there's one, uh, YouTuber I did, I've, I've actually done about three pretty decent sized YouTubers. This one guy named Thomas Sanders. I don't know if you've heard of him. Mm-mm. He's the guy that's like, he'll go story time and he'll go up to like a stranger and narrate their life as they're doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll still check anyway, it out. He has a massive following. Um, I did a musical for him. Uh, they, they did like a ultimate story time. That's what it was. And they go, I don't know, but it was, it was a, it was like a Broadway type musical. No shit. Uh, That's pretty yeah, cool. That, uh, I wouldn't, I think it's better to see it live, but you know, I'm not a guy who listens to musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we yeah, did my. the whole thing. We did like, it was, I don't know, 14 songs in like a week. So there wasn't a lot of time to spend on it, but mm-hmm. it was kind of fun to change gears there. Uh, and then uh, this other girl named Allie Fitz, She's more, she did more like pop stuff a few years back with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff comes up, came out really well. Hmm. I'll check uh, it out too. Yeah. And then this other band called New Pollution, they, they were kind of like a, she, it was a, another girl who was a, a YouTuber as well. And we did stuff that had like a, like synth wave vibe mm-hmm. to it a little bit. And I don't know, it's cool. But, uh yeah my personal stuff is not is not anything like what i record at all Mm -hmm. like the my album that i'm gonna be putting out that's pretty cool yeah 
So, but yes, I would absolutely love, and that's kind of one of the reasons that I want to do this uh, and make an album is to show people what I like, what mm-hmm. I like to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I you know, recording heavy stuff is fun, but mm-hmm. after, you know, you can only take so many breakdowns. <laughs> <laughs> so many fucking people pushing each other. Yeah, it's just one of those things that that, that a whole um, genre in itself, whether you want to call it easy core, post-hardcore, um, there's just so many bands around a certain time period. I was in a metalcore band too around 2013 um, because it was just, that was the climax of that genre. And it just, I mean, it still has a great following behind it, but dude, like people did not know what to do. They were freaking out. Everybody was eating who was in that industry, whether it was graphic design, video producing. Um, and I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do, but I mean, I'll ask you personally, like, is, is Chango really dead, dude? Like, is that not a thing anymore? Like, is Chango gone? Oh. Like, <laughs> no. The, you are talking about my post in the corner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If people don't know what no, we're I talking saw, about, yeah. I just literally was, like, scrolling through the forum, and I saw, like, a bunch of people posting their projects, and they'd get, like, two likes. And, like, nobody had, nobody had any, nobody was interacting with anybody, and I was like, Mm-mm. what the heck, man? This forum is dead i just haven't seen anybody talking there and then it was funny because that post got a lot of attention <laughs> <laughs> maybe you like uh revived it you gave him cpr yeah. and maybe it'll uh come back for a little bit you know i don't know cameron cameron uh, love that Mizell commented on it yeah. too and he's like i don't remember what he said but i think he mentioned some other forum he started but i was like i'm just trolling like i always, <laughs> I'm for- always trying to stir the pot yeah, for those of you who don't know what Chango is, uh, Chango was a form on, uh, or it's a group on Facebook uh, for Cameron Mitchell, the uh, producer, engineer as well. Um, that was a community based solely around graphic designers, video editors and producers, lyric video content creators. Um, and when Metalcore was at its peak, holy shit, like everybody was eating it. I was super stoked for everybody. Like you can just post one little thing in there and like everybody is kind of um, working together. Go with this guy, go with this guy. That's I think the only time I really see engagement is, nowadays is if I just say, hey, I need a lyric video, tag whoever or tag yourself, whatever. And then I get a lot of attention for it. But other than that, I don't think the conversation is really there anymore. I miss those days. Fuck. Yeah. I get a lot of people engaging just on my own posts on Facebook, which is cool. Yeah, but you're an interesting person, I think. So, I mean, people kind of want to <laughs> take the time. Um, no, I'm just fucking around. Um, yeah, and like a day to remember, they kind of like also brought out that easy core kind of uh, genre too. Like when you worked with them, you didn't work with them for those who have heart. You, if I'm not mistaken, you worked with them with the album before in Homesick, right? I think. Uh, well, yeah, on... Well, I did work with them on For Those Who Have Heart as well. Oh, okay. I wrote, I, I wrote and did pre-production for them on that album. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I also did Homesick and then uh, an album before For Those Who Have Heart and then like an EP before that. Mm-hmm. And also did What Separates Me From You and uh, still worked on Bad Vibrations, though I didn't track with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Is there an album I'm missing? But oh, controversy. Yeah, yeah. That, was all, that was a lot of my writing and stuff on that. Did um, um, did that affect you when they were going through that process with the label? Did that affect you at all financially or uh, legally well, or being tied up in the studio for like a year working on an album that did affect me financially because mm. uh, I had to keep turning people down over and over and over all throughout the year and it's then bullshit. eventually there was like a lull 
for like six months or something where I was not, I just wasn't doing anything. And I, I even warned, I'm like, I don't think I can just not put out any work guys for this long because mm-hmm. the reason that people ever come in is they, they'll hear something new I did and be stoked even if it's a even if it's a local band right you know exactly. they have friends in their local scene they're like oh wow you went to andrew wade okay cool and several bands will hit me up just from like small bands that don't even do anything mm-hmm. so when that stops and i'm rejecting everybody the whole time mm-hmm. you know nobody nobody can, nobody comes in and nobody can come in yeah that was definitely my my worst year yeah sorry about that that's bullshit no, financially I was, I was curious because in the last like five like, years so no because like i think it's when it happened it's like you know everybody's you know feeling bad for the guys in the band which i you know i'm totally on the fucking same page but the problem is like as soon as like i heard the news i was like there's everybody's being affected by this it's not just that like it's definitely andrew it's definitely probably their booking agents or if, they, if it was through the label or not their management like nobody nobody's getting a good um nobody's getting a good uh, opportunity out of this like it's just kind of going to affect them yeah and that was like one of their best albums man like so i mean thank you yeah Yeah, i think i think uh the way that it affected me by the way i I didn't make this connection but uh since they were they were like kind of in limbo as far as what was actually going on with their career and if they could release anything they just had an unlimited amount of time that was the problem yeah exactly kept recording and recording and changing recording rewriting and like that's what happened during that time and that's why it ended up like that um i don't think it would have been like that if they if they if if they knew that they could release something i remember the song dude the song that they put out called violence a while back yeah that was like the first thing they put out before common courtesy just as like a new song we worked on that one song for like it's, it was definitely well over a month. It might have been two months or something like that. Mm. We just kept adding things and adding things. And there was one day, uh, Jeremy and I definitely got into it a little bit. Like, there were times where I stormed out of the room or he stormed out of the room just because it was like we're, we were working. I was living with Jeremy as well at the time. Oh, so it like, no. We, it was uh, sometimes it was just like it was tough, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. it's like working with a brother. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, I see you all the time. And I, uh, so, so there was just one point I was just fed up. I like with all the back and forth and all the adding, I'm like, he started adding something to it. I'm like, you know what? I was like, I'm done. The song is done. I am finished. We are finishing the song. And like, he looked, it was definitely one of those times. Yeah. How do it, dude? So he like this look in his eyes, like, <laughs> like, like he almost like he almost agreed like i almost snapped i I don't know if i snapped him out of anything uh, but like there was a change in his face Mm -hmm. like he was having a good day and then it turned into like almost like like he woke up sort of but he was also pissed off i don't even know how to explain this look but then and that was it and it was done and then i started mixing it and that that process kind of went that way too Mm -hmm. i was mixing it for a long time uh Nobody in the band could agree on any reference mix or band that they liked, like to tell me what it should sound like. Um, Fucking Christ, Jeremy dude! Ha- Gotta Jeremy love this industry. With, Jeremy hated what Neil liked. Neil hated what Jeremy liked. And I'm like, in the middle, I'm like, what? What am I supposed to do? You know, you guys can't even tell me something that you actually like. So, after a certain amount of time, I uh, 
it was the same thing. They kept giving me revisions, and eventually I just sent it to mastering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I was like, I I was like, I think it's done, and like this will never be done because no what nobody could come to an agree agreement. Nobody was budging, and I was like, all right, I sent it, and uh, and that was it. And yeah, the the version that came out is that, but the one that's on the album was not mixed by me. And how ironic would it have been if actually it became a violent situation? So, I mean, it's just one of those things you guys want to fucking get done and over with. But, yeah, I mean, that's, like, the what you have to do when you're working in a studio with producers who actually care passionately and want to involve themselves with what the artist wants and such. Um, I mean, like, my when we went to our producer for our debut album, I mean, I think he wanted to really fucking put, a, like, a pan over my head because I have a – I improvise. It's, like, one of those things I taught myself at a young age – um when i do certain takes but i was for the first session i did i was like all over the place like dude i need you to be repetitive of these tracks i'm like okay so then i started writing fucking shit out like he was getting pissed and he but he was being patient with me like it's just one of those things um but yeah common courtesy was one of the fucking best i still listen to that album all the time um but they changed or not they changed actually i don't know i take that back they did kind of change the industry a little bit with involving pop punk and metal bring out yeah. the different sound, which is good. And, like, th- that was right in your backyard. So, like, did, did you have an idea with who they were when you first started working with them? Or was it just, like, yeah, um, straw played, block? No, we had played shows okay. a bunch together in Ocala. They they opened up for us at my band's CD release show whenever we put our CD out way back in the day. Mm. Um, and it's crazy to see how far they've come. Yeah, they're fucking killing it, dude. I mean, that freedom that they got after, you know, the judge said that they're allowed to release the album. I mean, that just probably was such a huge weight off their shoulders. Um, And now they're signed to Fueled by Ramen. Congratulations to them. And they've released the new single, which sounds fucking good, dude. I mean, it's like, I love how they kind of like take a step back and like not make it so heavy. But um, it's just, it's a very refreshing song coming from them, for sure. Yeah, I I, I love that song. Um, It's funny seeing like, so many people that are just like uh, i like it but i wish it was heavier and it's I, and then you look on like their top songs on spotify mm-hmm. and the majority of the songs that are their most popular songs are not heavy so hmm. it's just like the the smaller like the part of their fan base that is concerned about that is definitely smaller but they're the only ones that are complaining as well yeah exactly of course like nobody nobody goes on the heavy songs and goes uh I like the song, but I wish it was softer. It's just like a certain kind of person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the I don't know the angry fan. I don't. You can't like please everybody. Yeah, I want to hear that fucking breakdown. I want heavy. Yeah. I want to put my head through a wall. You yeah. can't please everybody. I mean, if especially when you have a variety like that, like when Misfortune had that variety, like there's a yeah. like exit strategy, dude. Fuck, like in your face, aggressive. Then you got do it for the gram. A little laid back fucking chill right yeah you can't please everybody that's not your fault the band's fault like fans are just picky trust me i already gotten some uh some comments like on <laughs> like you shouldn't be doing this you mean do that i'm like i don't i don't give a fuck i'm gonna do it yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking do it what i want to do yeah like it is good to kind of get a gauge for what your fans are are into and not but like mm-hmm. those comments should never set anyone back so for for instance when it does matter is if you look at one of your videos and you only have like 10 percent likes and then 90 percent dislikes well that 
you know what I mean? If you have something come out like that, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Then maybe you should, yeah, maybe you should refrain from whatever you did or whatever everybody's complaining about. And I've seen that happen to bands, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. So you probably don't need to do any more of this thing. Yeah. Uh, Get a new like stage the, name. Oh, <laughs> dude, like the singer of, oh, what's what's that one band that just did the cover? Uh, oh, Puddle of Mud, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that video is a great example. So they could probably not do another Nirvana cover and, and be fine. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I, I would hope so. I mean, this is some bad fucking PR, and their guitar player, I think it's like a minute, and he's like like just smirking. I'm like, he's almost going to lose it. I'm waiting for I him love, to fucking lose yeah, it. I love watching everybody else's face in the band while he's singing. I'm like... <laughs> I think they're all thinking what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, dude. They're getting this. Uh. Drummer's just keeping his head down. Just, oh, boy. <laughs> bongos. Who the fuck thought of this idea? Like, <laughs> it, it happens. <laughs> I happen. <laughs> like, has no grit to it. Like, like I think he's, I, listen, congrats, like, whatever. They're, they're trying, but that shit fucking blew my mind. I mean, that's like, um, oh, my God. That's just like. I think he was probably the only one in the band that made that decision. And they were like, sure. They probably didn't rehearse it and just trusted him. I mean, I haven't heard Puddle of Mud's name in years. So to come up like that on like I mean, resurface, I was like, fuck, yeah, you can't. Yeah. And then Trapped yeah. is coming up again in such a terrible way as well uh, with him trying to fight everybody. I'm debating on trying to get him on the show just so I can like be the neutral party. Like, dude, so uh, tell me what's going on, brother. Like, the fuck? Yeah, like, like, I don't know if they're. I mean, I'm assuming that they're serious, but oh, like, they're serious. why? Why so mad? I mean, maybe, maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's a, I, a stunt. But maybe I don't he's know. Really mad. I, I know that it started. I haven't done the much research, but I've seen the comments with Tillian going back at him, uh, Jason Richardson going back at him. Um, he get, yeah. he definitely said something, triggered somebody, and then it was just a a, a fucking cat, like a tsunami. Because he probably, like, picked out, like, a whole part of the industry, which is underground. And the one thing that I thought was the funniest was Luke Holland retweeted it. He was, like, um, he he said he could, if he had to play a guitar battle or whatever with Jason Richardson, he'd probably kick his ass. I'm like, do, do you even fucking know who this guy is? <laughs> like, he's a guitar player, like, on another fucking planet. Like, you, there's no way you're touching him. And Luke's like, I think I could probably fucking beat him with my fucking skill on guitar. <laughs> I know. Uh, maybe it's a PR stunt. I don't know, but it's grabbing attention. It, it ah, is. Jesus Christ. It is. It Christ. definitely is. Yeah. Bad PR. Bad PR is good PR. I've heard that plenty of times. I don't know if I believe in that, but that's just right. my personal opinion. Fuck. I don't <laughs> yeah, know what they're going to do with that. <laughs> yeah, they'll have to They'll have to resolve that eventually. Um, so with – um, do you – like, I don't know, because like – I feel like if I was a producer, engineer, I would definitely have my favorite, you know, bands coming in. I'm sure a data remembers one of them because, you know, they're your boys. You've been with them through and through everything. Um, they're your brothers. Yeah, um, well, to be, to be honest, yeah, a data remember is they're at a level where things get a little more complicated. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the way that it used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, I'm sure you've watched that Metallica documentary where they're making what what is it saint anger or something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and people are getting upset when you feel like whoa that wasn't a big deal like sometimes things like that might happen like you, you have to be 
I don't know, things are different. There's more, there's more at stake, you know, mm-hmm. there, the, the stakes are very high now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I was only involved in a little bit of stuff on the new record. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did record it here with, uh, Colin Britton and Rick Carson, who, who did a great job. They brought, uh, Colin brought all his gear here. Mm. Um, but yeah, so actually when Jeremy and I just work together and it's just me and him, it's really, it's pretty easy. Like when we did the marshmallow song. Oh uh, yeah. That was, that was just, that fucking was just me cool. and Jeremy, uh, working on the vocals. Then, then Jeremy got with the band to kind of flesh out the band parts, but, mm. um, that went pretty smooth, but mm-hmm. I think when it's like the whole entity, the whole band and like. You, you, there's like a lot of back and forth where you have to be careful with the way you say things. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's just because it's at a certain point. It's not that it's not that anybody's mad at, at anybody else, but it's like, I don't know. It's so different than a regular band yeah, you have, than a smaller band. You have more tension. They're leading that industry in general um, with their sounds. So, I mean, they're basically, they had like one step away from being constantly played on a radio. I, I think that would be something pretty right. fucking significant. So, and so, and so actually, and dude, yeah, here's more proof of that. So uh, when I was, I was working with Neil on that, that band that I, I booked for him. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I'm hanging out with Neil or doing anything, it's really simple and easy and there's no, nothing difficult. Uh, I just had Alex tra- track drums for one of my songs that I'm, that I'm writing. Uh, that went really easy. I think it's just when everybody, because like management kind of becomes part of things. Like, there's a lot of politics, kind of. Yeah. I think that's what. I think that's what it is. Hmm. But but anybody on their own, I mean, that when I work with them, it's just a lot more laid back. So it is great to work with those guys mm-hmm. in, individually. But I think the band makes it makes it a little little bit of a cha- a challenge for long-term work but yeah there's no pressure i mean when you have bands coming in like yeah wage war i said to kill i think you probably have that comfortability of just sitting back in your chair and be like all right let's just let's fucking you know this is you know everybody's just you don't have as much pressure you don't have as much light on the actual arts itself because it's not like a mainstream act so yeah it's probably completely different i don't know what that's like so i mean i know it's it's it is such a different thing and and it makes sense though the reason it is the way it is Mm -hmm. not to make it sound like i'm talking bad or anything it just it is it is just because it's a it's a multi-million dollar company you're working with you know Mm -hmm. that's basically how you have to look at it Mm -hmm. um the and it will it it cannot be laid back you know what i mean no it it cannot no everything is Uh, sitting up straight getting shit done and also, uh, it's not like it's always stressful either, but it's just things will come up that don't normally come up that you have to deal with. Uh, but anyway, I love those guys. I love those guys. I do love working with them uh, whenever we do whatever random stuff we do. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, what were you, you going to ask, like other favorite bands to work with? Yeah, like, is, like, is, it, like try, is it hard not to pick a favorite child? Like, do your bands, do, you know, do you have, like, those favorite bands that come in? Like, obviously, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, fucking, let's work with these guys. Obviously, it's a little different now because they're so big. But, um, like, I don't know, like, yeah. Rage War or Emotionless or I Said to Kill. Like, they, these bands keep coming back to you and you're like, oh, like, these, these guys are my favorite. Or it's like, you know. Yeah, so uh, there's actually a local band that I work with a lot. 
and sometimes the smaller bands are end up being favorites of mine because the smaller projects are usually a lot easier like i said there's less at stake mm. but uh this one band called felicity we just finished a full length that is definitely their absolute best work but but i, I love working with those guys because a they're all really you know fun to hang out with and b uh they just we push each other in in a really like constructive way like i'll have an idea and they're like well what about what if we do this and it's like an improvement i'm like okay well that makes me think what if we do this Hmm. you know and it's like we build off of each other really easily we even had a we had quite a few moments making this this album that's i don't know when it's coming out but Mm -hmm. um we wrote one about the guitarist dad who like who died um and i had to like since we were writing it together i had to like i was like dude i hate to do this to you but like I need the details of, of what happened and like, and, uh, how it felt the day that, you know, you found out the news and where were you, what were you doing? And so I had to like dig all this up and it was like incredibly emotional, but like the the Mm -hmm. end result to me was absolutely genuine, sincere. Um, it's a good story and it like, he feels like, I don't know, very fulfilled from making this because he's wanted to do it before but the songs were never right so Mm -hmm. we finally wrote an instrumental where like it just felt it just felt right uh but yeah those guys are cool um i really like i really like a lot of my bands that come in (laughs) i'm not not trying it's like you're not being a parent like yeah yeah if anything, I love all my kids. Like we all end up becoming really good friends over the process and like joking around and understanding each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only some bands that maybe I didn't get along with. There's this one band that I definitely kicked out of the studio. No fucking way. Um, recently, yeah. Uh, it might have been like last year, but I I hardly ever do that. But like we just didn't get along mm-hmm. creatively. And I was just like, here's your files, guys. Just, I'm, I'm done. Uh, this is the amount of time you used. If you want to pay for it, I'd appreciate it. But if not, I understand. It's not I with your time and your stress, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm done with this project. You got to be careful with those musicians. Uh, that local industry, I mean, or the, like, the local scene, uh, they, they could just be so brutal. Like, um, like I'm not a fan of the big cry baby. Like, why aren't my friends coming out to shows? Blah blah blah. Like, you're not obli- nobody's obligated to come out to your shows, dude. Nobody's obligated to support you. I mean, you're putting out a product. You're let's you know yeah. put into respect of you're a car salesman. Sell me your car. Sell me your band. Sell me your music. Like, it's an, it's a business, dude. Like, come on. Like, take it take want, it seriously. Do you want pity fans? You know? <clears throat> like, you want pity fans? fans that are just fans because they feel sorry for you and they feel guilted into being a fan like what the hell is that you know? <laughs> you're wasting your fucking time i don't know because i was in so many bands that um like my first band was back in high school was a punk rock band then a pop punk band then a metalcore band but like we didn't get that engagement because we were doing so many things wrong and i would like try to like put my thoughts into it because i've learned i had a mentor growing up <laughs> and they get pissed and then we come out i'm like I don't know, man. Like, maybe we're not good. 
<laughs> you can't get that pissed. So I would just like move on to the next project. And and dude, get this. Fucking I, I I was I was a psychopath trying to get in the industry. Thank God, like I had the experience on Warp Tour. That was in 2017. That was fucking cool. But every time I would try to like hop from a band to band to know that they would be into it, I'd kind of like see if they would hesitate on my questions. But like, you guys want to like work four jobs and starve and you know have a lot of now have a lot of free time and like as soon as they hesitate i'm like nah it's not fucking worth it at all Fuck yeah that. it's a lot it's a lot of work yeah sure. did your sacrificing actually uh like did you have to do a lot of that when you first started getting that momentum because i'm sure like you had to put some things aside to be like i, I can really record all these bands like this is starting to pick up a little bit well i definitely worked in less than ideal uh circumstances uh one of my first studios i had was literally just a cylinder block building that had an air conditioner unit that we couldn't run except every once in a while so we'd be recording mm. i would just tell my bands i'm like uh just be ready to sweat all day <laughs> because that's what we're gonna be doing sweating there's no insulation on the walls anywhere it was just like a con it was like a a big shed basically mm -hmm. um and we're in Florida, and it gets very, very hot. So mm. uh, that's something I did for like a year. Um, but it, I, that was because I couldn't record at my house anymore. It was when I, you know, I was a little bit older. I think that that's when I may have come back from college and decided to do it full time. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a while, and that was pretty terrible. The power would go out all the time. Um, and then I finally moved into a better spot in Ocala, but but uh, it does make me appreciate where I am now. Mm -hmm. Like, but I, I definitely did. I always did whatever it took to like keep going, um, to keep recording and be successful. I guess. Yeah. What do you think personally is your next step? I mean, you've accomplished a lot, um, and with people that have a passion within um, a certain industry that they are successful in, they, they, they don't they don't stop. Obviously, like examples of the data. Remember, they're on a bigger stage now. Um, do you have right. any kind of, um, do you have any kind of, um, I just said it, <laughs> the, um, yeah. any goals yeah. or ambitions, like what's next for you? Like, do you already have an idea of what's, what that's, what that's like? Well, I don't know what it is, but I do have some ideas. Um, and I think one of the steps in doing it is writing this album of mine to, uh, try to get fans of that kind of stuff and get mm -hmm. more more of those bands in there to kind of shift gears to a more uh popular more marketable genre mm -hmm. i'll still probably do heavy stuff every once in a while but but I, I i'm trying to shift gears there to to hopefully work with bigger artists and uh i have a i'm on i have a publishing deal with mothership which is a division of epitaph and they're always pushing for me to write with bigger artists but a lot of people don't know that i do anything except for heavy music so it's like if if they throw my name in the hat they're like you know uh, andrew wade wants to work with you they would go who's andrew wade and then look me up and go uh what this guy no this doesn't make sense you know what i mean where like if they're not in the heavier genre mm -hmm. the popular genre mm -hmm. um or even like acoustic stuff. Uh, some people go, some people will come in and do do that stuff with me, but it's definitely not the majority. And I'd like to switch that up um, 
And so this is definitely the first step in doing it. Like, for instance, even though the Marshmallow song is a lot popular, I've gotten no, I've definitely gotten no clients in that world because of that song, even though the song did well. It know? might come your way soon, but that was such a sweet collaboration that nobody kind of expected. So that definitely yeah. brought a lot of attention. So, but But again, it's like, yeah, my name is on it, but like, what did Andrew really do? You know, like, if I put out a project that it's just me, then it's like, hey, I made all this, I wrote all this. If you dig any of it, I can, I can do this kind of thing for you as well. So, mm-hmm. so it's kind of tough being uh, a behind the scenes guy. You know, that's that's who we are. Yeah, exactly. We're all behind the scenes. We're not in the limelight. So, like, this could now you are give me a chance to to kind of be more there. Yeah, and. Uh, and get attention that way. Yeah, people don't understand. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people understand too, but there's a lot of that goes into the business of this um, with PR, producer engineering, management, booking. Um, those are the people who, even stage managers, um, uh, you know, uh, roadies, like they all come into play for this whole process. And not a lot of people, it's not that people don't appreciate it, but it's people just have no idea because they see the face of what they're listening right. to in this, in this music industry. Um, and then like, that's it. It's like this band that, and actually the, the producing is starting to get a little bit more, um, of an attention grabbing. So I kind of appreciate that. Um, yeah, for sure. but, uh, yeah, this is something that people kind of, um, should, uh, should, um, appreciate for, you know, the bands that you thoroughly like, they're out there being successful. I mean, like it, everybody like you and the whole industry, uh, in general, that it, it wouldn't be they wouldn't be there without everybody behind the scenes. So that's exactly, good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you, um, do you have any, uh, um, the tutorials or any, some sort for actually producing engineering? Because I know we didn't talk about that a lot on this. Uh, we talked about more so like your background. Um, so if people are interested, like I'll put links in the description so we can send them your way. I don't know if you have a personal YouTube channel or I know you are in uh, podcast. You've done a couple times, which I'll add in there. No, yeah, I've done, I have, I mean, the only, the closest things I have are the creative live courses, mm-hmm. which is recording rock vocals, and then there's recording guitar or something, or rock guitar, I don't remember, something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I made them a long time ago, but those are decent courses, uh, but the one I'm most proud of, which is going to be coming out again this year, and it's going to be heavily discounted from last year because of the state of the economy right now. Um so people can actually buy it and afford it is ultimate guitar production. And that to me is like the, I mean, it's in the title, but it's literally Mm -hmm. the ultimate guitar class that, uh, you can probably buy in the world. Fuck yeah, absolutely. It has, it has so much information about, um, every single step of the process from, from the pick to the strings to the play, like how to actually play, how to hold a pick, um, how to intonate your guitar, what different types of tubes sound like, what different amps sound like, what different cables sound like, different cable lengths, pickups, mm-hmm. guitars, uh, cabs, at, like every single thing. And it goes into incredible detail. Converters, interfaces, um, plugins, it goes into so much. Tons of editing uh, tricks in there and like workarounds if you don't have certain gear and you're running into a problem like mm-hmm. how to get around get around that stuff so 
that to me is like I learned so much just making the course. Yeah, absolutely. We did test. We did test that. You know, nobody wants to come into the studio and spend hours on these meticulous tests. You know, mm-hmm. like are you going to test every cable you have in the Ugh, studio and God. then decide? And then are you going to test every brand of string that you can buy? And then are you going to, like, you know what? Like, you don't have time to do that. No, so we never. did that all for you. We explain. Well, it's not we, I. Mm-hmm. I explain all the differences, like what you're actually hearing, when you would use something over something else, and why you would choose it. So it's not just like one path to one guitar tone. Mm-hmm. It covers three different genres. Hmm. Uh, it's like clean pop punk and that, like pop, actual pop, pop punk, and then metal. Okay. So it goes, it's so, there's so many videos, like 120 videos or something like that. Sam Pura also has a section in the class where he teaches how to record acoustic guitars. Cool. So, dude, it is so crazy in depth. That should be coming out later this year. I was just going to ask, yeah, when is that coming out? Because I'm thoroughly interested. Like, I, I dab a little bit in acoustic guitar, um, and my recording setup is kind of nice. I have a Scarlett uh, 10i80 for drumming and shit, but like, I, I'm such a dude with this, so fucking, like, I got a lot to learn. But Yeah, dude, it's... Uh, and, and the way they release the course is like, Everybody watches each section together, and then you can come on and ask me questions. Oh, fuck yeah! Um, during the course, and uh, and I answer, you know, whatever whatever questions anybody had about any sections. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so we'll be on the lookout for that. I'm definitely gonna publish that as soon as uh, that comes out. Um, yeah. And how long have you been working on that project for? Did you guys just come up with that idea like a couple years ago, or like? Uh, well, that's URM. That oh, that is URM. URM. Okay. Yeah, and we, they have like ultimate drum production as well with Matt Brown, incredibly talented drummer. That was so actually good. Uh, happening right now. So it happens huh. like kind of as a class. Mm-hmm. Like it's has it's a limited release, but it's because we're like the teachers are involved and we're actually, you know, answering questions and you actually get assignments and things. It's like very, very in depth. But I think they're just they're giving it, like they're selling it for like. $49 for the entire course. That's not bad at all, though. Um, Absolutely not. That's what they told me. That is so, it's, so, it's so cheap, dude. dude. Yeah. You literally get everything that you would ever want to know about recording guitars. That's the industry knowledge. I'll have to start sending that out to certain people. Like, dude, please, please, for the love of God, like, take advantage of this before it's too late. Before maybe yeah. the economy picks back up. I don't know. It's yeah. Uh, insane. Yeah, but hey, man, look, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I know uh, we might be doing something a little bit in the future, maybe with some of the artists that you worked with, uh, all three of us, four of us, whoever it is together. Um, cool. So uh, hope you know, you know, everything goes well through this pandemic, and you, um, you know, your yeah, family, same. your family, and Joe be safe and everything. So um, yep. I really appreciate it. That little guy cannot be getting that COVID nineteen. He's too fucking cute, man. That dog is gonna be just as famous as. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Dude, remember he was staring into the screen, staring into the screen the last time. You're like, I was like, what is he doing? He's just trying to sleep right now. <laughs> well, I'll let him sleep. He's he's been a good boy. So I appreciate, it, brother. I'll uh, be talking to you soon. Um, yeah, uh, we'll be great. doing something in the near future. I appreciate it. All right, dude. Take Thank care. you. Take care.